Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. I heard a story the other day. Um, it was about a couple of little boys. Okay, They're both age 8 and 10. And these two boys were excessively mischievous. Okay, you know how boys are. And these two boys, guys, were always getting into trouble. And their parents could be assured that any mischief that occurred in their town, these two young boys were somehow involved. The parents were at their wit's end, the story says, and and as to do about what their son's behavior, the mother had heard of a clergyman, a pastor in town that had been successful in disciplining children in the past. So she asked her husband if he thought it, that they should send the boys to speak to the pastor. The husband said, we might as well. We need to do something before I really lose my temper. And the clergyman agreed to speak to the boys, um, but he asked to see them individually. So the eight-year-old went in first to meet with him, and the pastor got down and sat the boy down, and can you imagine? And he looked at the boy, and he said, where is God? The little boy made no response. So the clergyman repeated the question, even a little sterner this time, where is God? Again, the boy made no attempt to answer. So the clergyman raised his voice even more and shook his finger in the boy's face. Where is God? At that point, the little boy started to cry. He bolted from the room and he ran directly home, slamming himself in the closet. His older brother, not knowing what happened, followed him into the closet, and he said, what happened? What happened? The younger brother replied, we're in big trouble this time. God is missing, and they think we did it. (laughs) So why do I share that story with you? Because I wanted to give a little humor before we jump into what I believe is the weightiest text in the whole Bible. See, the verses we're going to read today, guys, are they're very sobering. And my prayer is that we simply would just make sure, you ready, that you are in the family of God. You're in the family of God. Okay? Now, Jesus is going to end his sermon on the mount. He's going to end it in a very significant way. He's going to end it with a parable about a wise and foolish builder. That's how he's going to end it. Now, listen, throughout the long day, Jesus has been preaching to the vast multitude. Remember, now I want you to put your mind, okay? What Jesus does is he climbs up in a mountain and he calls his disciples close to him. He he wants to talk to them. But off in the distance, just a little bit, are other uh, other people listening? 
Okay? And then you have the religious people a little bit far off, but they want to see what Jesus is saying too. And so here's what he's doing. He's saying, and if you recall, remember, the whole Sermon on the Mount is he's trying to get us right side up. We have been flying upside down for such a long time, and he's going, guys, listen, let me tell you what, what God's kingdom is really like. You're, you're following in the ways of the world. You need to, no, 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 let's go this way, and I'll tell you why. Because if we're flying upside down and we want to go higher, we're going to end up crashing and dying. And so the Lord says, no, no, here's what we need to do. Here's, we need to get you, we need to get you over. So on this mountain, guys, my Jesus is preaching. And, and this is just this most awesome sermon. And the people listening to him, guys, are amazed in awe. Can I stop for just one minute? When was the last time we were super amazed in awe at the word of God? Just really looking at it and go, wow. Why? Because the Bible tells us that God's word is what? It's inspired. It's God breathed. This is him talking to me. Okay? And here's what I love. Do you guys remember when you were dating? You go, well, that was a long time ago. I know. But remember when you used to give a love letter? Not a text. Not an emoji. I love you. A love letter. I remember getting love letters and I'd have them in the back of my... Oh, right. And, 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 and then you'd go put in a little special box and they'd be like, Oh, these are, what is that? These are all the love, le- these are the love letters. Okay. This is a love letter to us from the word of God, from God himself. He's saying, I love you. And, and it's not wrinkly and it's not broken. I, you, you know what I'm saying? I, it's like, yeah, what's this love letter? It's love letter. I never got tired of reading those love letters. I never got tired. We'd go back and something changed. And Yeah, you know, she loves me. I love her. Well, Ben, when was the last time you wrote a love letter? I get it. But the point is, guys, when was the last time we were just amazed in awe with God? When was the last time? I'll never forget, guys, we went to, we went to Israel went to Israel, and we were, we were having a little Bible study by Simon Peter's house, okay? This is what they say where Simon Peter lived, and of course, we know the whole story. But what I did is I moved off to a little tree outside the property, and I thought, this is a tree that's been here a long, long time. What if Jesus sat under this tree? And I just sat in amazed. Because yes, I love seeing the sights. I love seeing St. Peter's house, and they build a church over it, and you can look down and all that stuff. But, but I'm thinking about the little things that you and I do. And we get along with God, and we're amazed at his word. So the people here in the Sermon on the Mount, they're just amazed. They're just like, wow, wow. But what Jesus does, guys, is he warns them that that was not enough. Just to be amazed. Grasp that. What? Guys, it's never enough to simply listen to the words of Jesus even though we may listen with what? With reverent approval. Amen, Pastor. Amen. Yes. It's not enough. If his words, guys, don't have a genuine effect in our lives, then we must not only hear them, but we must also act upon them. We need to incorporate them in the events of our day-to-day living. You see, that's what transformation really does. Okay, let me just teach you for just a moment, okay? There's a lot of people who will modify their behavior, okay? They'll change who they are, they'll figure out, and, and they'll modify their behavior to look and act like a Christian. 
But what God wants us to do is be transformed from the inside out. And when we're transformed, natural behavior is just exactly the same thing. This is like, why do you do that? Because I love God. Why do you do this? I love Jesus. Why do you serve here? I love God. It's all about going back to God. And this is exactly what he's saying because James tells us in James 1.22, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. He says, it's not enough just to hear it. We got to do it. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay, we've got to do the word of God. So what? where is Jesus going with this? Well, he wants to remind us and he wants to teach us today that he's going to talk about two builders, two builders and the foundation on which they build. Okay? Let me illustrate it this way. When you think of foundations, one of the greatest foundations you could think about is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Not pizza, Pisa, okay? Because it was finally reopened to the public after being closed for almost a dozen years. Did you know that? During that time, the engineers completed a $25 million renovation project designed to stabilize the tower. And what they did, they removed 100 tons of dirt and reduced its famous lean by about 16 inches. Why was this necessary? Because the tower had been tilting further and further away from vertical for hundreds of years to the point where the top of the 185-foot tower was 17 feet further south than the bottom. Basically, it just kept leaning and leaning and leaning and leaning and leaning. Well, the Italian authorities were, were concerned that if nothing was done, what's going to happen? It's eventually going to collapse. Okay? So what was the problem? Was it bad design? Was it poor workmanship? What it was it inferior grade of marble? No. Guys, the problem what was underneath. See, the sandy soil which the city of Pisa had built was just not stable enough to support the monument of this size. The tower had no firm foundation. That's the problem. Okay? In order for you and I, as disciples, as followers of Christ, to avoid the problem, we have to look more closely at the main characters of these last verses of Jesus' teaching. We have to look real good. You go, what do you mean? Well, first of all, note that there are only two builders in the story. Okay? There's only two alternatives. See, when it comes to the matters of ultimate truth, there are really only two opinions. Either you're trusting in Christ, obeying his commands, following his examples, or you are not. That's the bottom line. Okay? One leads to life. One leads to salvation. And the other leads to death. And, deter- and, and eternal destruction. Okay? Now, think about it this way. The world would have you believe otherwise. Okay? The world says, no, 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 no. Listen to me. You have a myriad of choices. That there are many, many ways of being a spiritual person. You see, we have Christianity, and we have Islam, and we have Buddhism, and Mormonism, and Confucianism, and Hinduism, and, and Native American spirituality, and Wicca, and we have all this kinds of stuff. 
See, in our culture, guys, people tend to follow what we call a buffet approach to religion. They pick and choose elements of various traditions in which they find personally meaningful. That's where we get the word syncretism. Here's the religion I like. Oh, but I'll take, well, I don't like this part of my, I'll take this. And let's adopt this a little bit in and we'll just, we'll do all of these things. Because it makes me feel better. And, And again, this is what's going on. Now, I only have one problem with that. You go, what's that? It's the Bible. It's the Bible. Why? Because according to the Word of God, he says there are only two ways. Christ and everything else. This is, this is it right here. Okay? One leads to life. The other leads to death. So what I've done is I've entitled this message, Make Sure You're in the Family. Make sure you're in the family. You can subtitle this if you're taking note, guys. Trouble at the gate. Trouble at the gate, right? Why? Because as many times as I've traveled, anybody traveled to Arizona? As many times as I traveled to Tucson, there is a border patrol gate right there. You drive up, and uh, I don't know why we get nervous, <laughs> but we do, okay? We're not smuggling drugs. We're not smuggling it, but... We're, and, and, and you practice, don't you? They're going to say, they're going to say, are you a citizen? And you say, yes. Okay. This is, this is what you do. And then they go, go on through. Whew, right. And so by the time you get there, you're like this. You say, yes. Well, no, that's too, that's too. Yes. I, I don't know what we do, but, but the point is, is I don't want trouble at the border gate. I don't want their little dog to come sniffing my car, you know. Hey, get get away. But we do. I don't want any trouble at the gate. Now, it reminds me of a story about trouble at the gate. And it really was about crossing the gate into Mexico. Okay? And so you had a guy, and he was carrying a bag of sand on his shoulder, and he rides a bike up into the border patrol. And the border patrol says, hey, what are you doing? What's in the sand? He goes, nothing, just sand. They said, no, 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 there's something in there. So they take the sand, they dump it out, they hold them, they sift through it, nothing, just sand. I told you it was just sand. So I sweep it up, put it back. He rides into Mexico. Next day, here it comes with the bag of sand. What is in the sand? He keeps going in there, right? He rides in there and he's like, no, just sand. So they keep doing this for about a month straight. And the, and the border guard's getting frustrated, getting frustrated. And so one day he sees him having a drink in, a, in the, one of the local taverns, and he goes, you know what? There's something. I just, there's something. You keep coming in with the sand, and there's nothing in the sand. What are you smuggling? He smiles, and he goes, bikes. <laughs> right? <laughs> he didn't have any trouble at the gate. But this gate, the gate we're talking about, guys, is the gate to heaven. And the question is, are you in the family? Are you in the family? And that's where we pick it up, guys. In Matthew 7.21, the story is already in progress. Let's look with me. Matthew 7.21, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now again, this is very weighty. This is, be honest with you, this is a verse that most pastors want to skip. Let's just skip this. Why? Because here's what Jesus said. Jesus just looked and he said to his disciples, to those listening, he says, listen, not everyone who says to me, Lord, 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 Lord. Not, not everyone who's coming to me and going, Lord, Lord, right, is going to go, go to heaven. Wait, time out, time out, man. I thought God is love, and I thought everybody goes to heaven, and I thought, listen, if you just have a belief in him, no, 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 how about more importantly, what if you just confess? Well, what Jesus is telling us, guys, and we got to search our hearts, is the people who speak Jesus, right, whose people who Jesus speaks here had made a proper verbal confession, calling Jesus Lord. But he reminds us that this is never enough by itself. At the end of every service, I will give it, I will give an invitation. I'll say, Hey, I want you to, I'm inviting you to join the family of God. Now, what I'm believing is, is the work of the Holy Spirit is already moving in your heart. And I don't know who's saved and who's not saved and, and who's really saved and so forth. Now, when people come and stand before me, the first thing I say is words alone aren't sufficient to save. Which means you could pray this all day long. It doesn't mean you're saved. But what I want you to do is have a defining moment where you go, I open up my heart. This is where I, and I'll watch God do the work versus just a verbal. Why, pastor? Because I've seen so many people stand in this area right here, tears coming down, cry out to God and not be saved. But this is, this is what Jesus is saying. Now, let me give it to you guys in the message, because it, it just says it a little bit different. But listen to this in the way uh, the Peterson paraphrase says. Knowing the correct password, can you imagine, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What, re- what is required is serious obedience, doing what my Father wills. Okay? Listen. Jesus reiterates that a positive confession is not enough. It's not enough. Note the reduplication of the title, Lord. Denoting, denoting what? These guys had a zeal according to God. Then we said, Lord, Lord, my Lord. And he said, guys, listen what he says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on in verse 22. Notice what he says. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And this is what makes me sad. If you're a highlighter or you want to write in your Bible, I'll underline the very first um, word in verse 22. You go, what's that? Many. Many will say, many will say to me in that day. What is he saying? What's, where, where, where are they going? Where are they headed? Well, as you can see, guys, he's, the first thing they do is many, they're going to call out to the Lord, Lord, Lord. And what it does is if you look at the original writing, it re, the reiteration denotes their surprise. They're like, Lord, Lord. In other words, they're like, what, Lord? 
Or how can this be? Or why are we disowned? I'm not sure I understand. And then the second thing they jump to is, hey, I did works. I worked. I worked for you, Lord. <laughs> I was in the ministry. Well, like what? He said, well, didn't we, um, oh, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? What does that mean? Guys, they preached Jesus to everyone. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? In our day and age, listen to me close, church. In our day and age, if someone were to come preaching Jesus to me, would we not assume they were believers? But yet, when we modify our behavior without a, a beautiful transformation by the Holy Spirit, then what happens to me and you is that we can preach Jesus, but nothing inside has changed. Okay? So they said, we're going to preach Jesus. Lord, oh Lord, 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 did we not cast out demons in your name? I mean, check that out. Impure spirits who had taken possession of body, here they are. Boom. Right? This is the deliverance ministry. They're walking around. This is, this is good. This is good. I think I would trip out if I was with somebody. They're like, come out! And, the, and it did. I'd be like, this guy's, this guy's legit, man. This is straight up. Mm-hmm. Come on, you would too. Because we don't see that, right? And then they go, hey, Lord, did we not do many wonders? In other words, miracles and assisted the supernatural. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? And, and, and I want you to see it again, guys. He says, many will say to me in that day, they're going to go, Lord, Lord, didn't we? And, and let's, add, let's add us in this. Didn't we sing on the worship team for you? Lord, didn't we play guitar for you? Lord, didn't we hand out bulletins with a smile? How you doing? Welcome to Calvary. Didn't we help in children's ministry? Didn't we run the bookstore? Didn't we witness everywhere we went? Didn't we take an invite card and put it in every gas pump whenever we put gas so people would come to Calvary? Didn't we, didn't we, right? Oh, Lord, can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine in this culture? Not you guys, because you're awesome, okay? Not you. I'm not talking about you. But can you imagine? Lord, Lord. Didn't I post great messages on Facebook about you? Didn't I, didn't I tweet some good stuff? Lord, come on. I mean, nobody was doing it. I was doing it. I was, I was, I was posting. My Instagram is all about you, Lord. And, and, and again, guys, think about what he's saying. Okay? But in our text, I want you to see something. You go, well, Ben, I'm not going to post any. No, I'm not saying don't post any other post, post, post messages about the Lord, okay? Use it for the glory of God. Can I get an amen? Use it for the glory. Use Facebook. Use Instagram. Use this for the glory of God. Post. But that can't be the only thing. Why? Because in our text, I want to show you something. This group of people came and he said, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We've done many wonders in your name. Now, I want you to think about, you go, what's that? A few chapters later, in chapter 10, Jesus is actually going to send out the disciples to the lost house of Israel. Check this out. Chapter 10, verse 7 says this, And as you go, preach, saying, 
The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What do I want you to do? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. For freely you have received, freely give. Wait, 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 wait. What what are you saying, Ben? Guys, the very same thing that these people were doing, listen, they were legitimate miracles. They were legit. And Jesus doesn't come back and says, guys, those weren't real. You guys are faking it. Come on. Nobody really ever got saved. Jesus goes, no, that was, I agree. He said, you did preach in my name. You did cast out demons. You did wonderful, wonderful works, wonderful miracles. So the question bids us is, so what's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is, is what the Bible says. And, and the problem is, is words I pray none of us ever hear. Verse 23, he says, Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Those are heavy words. What did Jesus just say? Jesus just told a group of people, and I will say to them, I never knew you. He's actually saying, get away from me, you wicked people. This is a very, very weighty t- Lord, Lord, I don't want to preach this. Let's preach happy stuff. Let's preach good things. Come on, Lord, let's, let's, let's motivate them. And the Lord says, no, this is, this is so important. I want to show you something here that I find very interesting, and I have to check my heart as well. Okay, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, says to these people, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, right? In the end, there's only one basis for salvation. And you go, what is it? Well, it's not mere verbal confession. We have to be so careful because Christianity is attractive at times. Christianity is like, wow, that person's blessed and look at them and wow and wow and, and oh. And, and the problem is, guys, is we hate our lives so, ba- so much. We hate our lives in the way it looked that, that, that basically we go, oh, well, I don't want to do this anymore. But look, uh, these guys are having fun. Let me just kind of see if I can fit in here. And we'll have a verbal, again, notice, a verbal confession. But what we need to understand is there's only one basis for salvation, and it's not a verbal uh, confession, and it's not spiritual works. It's not spiritual works. And, and I'm going to reiterate what Pastor Sof last week. It's not going to church. Although going to church is good, this is not where we're saved. We're saved at church. You understand we come to church and people get saved, but it's not, it's not a basis for salvation. There's only one basis of salvation. You ready? It's knowing Jesus and being known by him. That's it. You see, Jesus said to Nicodemus, do you guys remember Nick at night? Do you remember what he said to him? He said, bro. No, I don't know if he said bro. But he's like, hey, you need to be born again. And Nick's like, I don't know what that means. What, you know, and he goes, he says, no, the original is we need to be born from above. So as you're sitting in a service and the word of God is going forth and the Holy Spirit begins to knock on your heart, you have a choice. You have a choice to say yes to God 
and allow the work from the Holy Spirit to work in you, or you can allow pride to go in your heart and be like, I'm okay. I've, I, I, I remember I was five years old and I gave my life to Jesus or whatever it might be, and, 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 and nothing has really changed in your life. There's no natural fruit. There's no place, a defining moment where you go, man, I remember. I remember. That's where it changed. That's where it changed. And some of us have great dramatic transformations. Okay? We used to want to beat up people. Now we love on them. Okay? We love on them. We used to be big, strong toughies, and now we cry when we listen to worship music. Come on, somebody. You know it's a change. You know it's a change. Okay? And some of us may not have that dramatic. Some of us were like, you know what? I just know I'm different. I just know I'm different. Because you look at people now and you see souls and you want them to go to heaven. Even if they're ugly towards you. Just like, oh. Oh, they got, they got, they got to go to heaven. Yeah, but they're, they're really mean to you. That's okay. I just, I'll tell you why. Let me tell you why, Nick. Because eternity, eternity, I wouldn't wish that on anybody apart from God. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. It's eternity in hell forever. What can you do to deserve hell for eternity? What bad, really? I mean, yeah, there's evil people out there. I get that. There's evil people. There's, there's the spirit of Antichrist. But it's simply rejecting God. You go, hey, I'm not going to make a choice. I'm not going to make it. Listen, if you don't make a choice for God, you've already made a choice. And this is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. And here's the point, guys. Here's the point. I want you to see something. Jesus says something very interesting. He says, these people are not those who lost their salvation. You understand? Instead, he goes, you never truly had it. Because he said, I never knew you. He didn't sit there and go, "Um, I knew you, and then you walked away. I knew you, and then you left. Jesus goes, listen, I never knew you. I never knew you. And so how do we get to heaven, guys? How do we? Get, how is it so we don't have trouble at the gate? How do we get this, right? Jesus tells us. He tells us in verse 21b. He says, you want to know how to get to heaven? Of course, we know through Romans that if we confess and believe that we're saved. He says, but if I don't want trouble at the gate, he says, but it's he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He who what? Guys, What is required as a disciple is serious obedience. Serious obedience to his word. That's what my father wills. And so when he looks at you and he says, hey, follow me, he's asking you, I bid you come and die. I bid you come and die. Because that's the cost of discipleship. Discipleship is taking our life and saying, I'm going to follow God no matter what. I'm going to be a faithful servant of God. Now, think about this, okay? 
you have out there what we call the prosperity gospel, okay? If you give your life to the Lord, you're going to be rich, blessed, healthy, wealthy, all this stuff. But if I look at Scripture, all the disciples, they weren't healthy, wealthy, and they all died. Horrible deaths. John's the only one who died of old age, but not before being boiled. Like a crispy fried chicken, you guys understand that? Every one of them died a martyr's death. So where did we get Christianity that if you come, it's going to be wonderful and roads? Listen, God blesses us. Can I get an amen? amen. He loves us. Can I get an amen? amen? But discipleship is bid you to come and die. Because heaven is a far much better place. But while you're here, I want to use your life. I want to see you. I want to see you. Guys, this is what he's saying. Now, listen. This is based upon the word of God. He says, you must have a personal relationship with Jesus. Why? Why do I need to have a relationship with Jesus? Because when you come to a passage like this and say, oh, I just need to do good works. I just need to work for my salvation. But see, Captain Obvious tells us that it's Jesus just denied those who were doing the work. He just said, no, that's not enough. So it has to be wrapped in what? Salvation is more than confession. What is it? It's repentance and transformation. Okay? That's salvation. That's where your life begins. Salvation is not only fruit, but it's also the root. If you study James, you need to go in with that mindset that it's both the root and the fruit. Because James says, well, works without, or right, without faith is dead. But he says, no, both the root, you're rooted in Christ in Ephesians. And James says, now you should have fruit. You should have fruit. We should have the fruit of the Spirit. We should have peace. Peace in our hearts. Peace with God. Now, we got to work there. Okay, we got to work there. And I'll tell you why. Because I've talked to several people this week that um, if your wife's supposed to be home and then she disappears, they almost get scared. They're like, "Uh, honey, honey, honey. They're thinking the rapture took place and they're left behind. (laughs) You better check your salvation, bro. No, but no, but I'm serious, and, I, and, it, and it cracks me. But but we're just scared. We're and I'll tell you why are we scared? Why are we scared? Because we're basing our salvation on our works, and we base our salvation on Christ, and then He does that good work in us. Okay, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Besides, think about good works. I have been pastoring this church for almost 18 years, and none of it is good enough to go to heaven. Could you imagine? Lord, Lord, I pastored the people in Lubbock for 18 years. That's got to be worth something. Well, why is that, Dad? Well, you know the people in Lubbock. Not to mention it's flat. I mean, how could you do that to me? Really, Ben? Right? You understand. But that's not the point. The point is, you go, wow. Ben, why were you a pastor? Because I love God. As he called me to. Right? I'm sitting there this morning. I'm sitting this morning. My pastor, my pastor 
text me at 6 in the morning praying for you. We get to preach Jesus today. That's what we get to preach Jesus today. Oh, wow. I don't have to. We don't have to. So if we don't have to, we get to. We get to. Nick, you don't have to. You don't have to do this, bro. You get to. My wife tells the kids in children's ministry all the time, we don't have to come to church. We get to. How much more would we be hungry if they told us we couldn't come? Hey, y'all can't come next week. Oh, no, I'm coming. I'm coming. Because we get to. We get to. And let me just say this, guys. It's not about the music. It's not about the the preacher, okay? It's not about the preacher. It's about God's word and him being here. And here's what we do. Listen, you go, did you go to church today? I went to church today. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pastor was all right. Music is all right. But I met somebody who went through the same thing I've gone through, and they ministered to me in such a way, blew my mind. I didn't realize anybody else would go through the same thing. <sighs> that was good. And so God uses community. He uses you in such an amazing way. And you don't even know it. What would you do? I said hi to somebody. Right? I said hi to somebody. I smiled. We talked a little bit. I thought, I don't know. And they went home going so encouraged. So encouraged. So salvation is both root and fruit. Verse 24, therefore. Okay, here comes the application. You ready? Anytime we see a therefore, it's, he's usually going to go into application. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. And it did not fail. Why, Lord? For it was founded on the rock. Now, what we need to understand, guys, is Jesus is going to illustrate two houses. Each house, listen to me, looked the same from the outside. They looked exactly alike. The real foundation of our life is usually hidden, come on somebody, and is only proven in the storm. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Whenever a storm comes, and you guys know the storms that you've been in, it could be in health storms, you know, your wife gets sick, it could be relationships, your kids, you just, we just don't know. But that's where the foundation is proved, right there. Right there. I was looking at some of the Louisiana, her, and, and this guy was filming from across the street, and the, and the tree was going like this. And they said, it's going to go. It's going to go. And, it, and it, it spoke to me because I have a tree in my front yard that, that acts very much the same way. And it's going to go. It's going to go. <laughs> it went. And people, bless their heart, in the rain were running to make sure that they were okay. I saw that, I saw that video, and, and I was like, it spoke to me because this is what he said. He said, the roots were not very deep. I want to be that tree in the midst of the storm going, I'm standing. Yes. But not 
not because of who I am, but that my foundation is rooted in Christ. And I've, I've got to shoot straight with you guys. I'm not there. I want to be there to where it's rooted so deep that you're, I'm not going to be moved. Because we look like everybody else. We look like everybody else. And what I find interesting in our text, guys, is it says that the rain came and the floods came and the winds blew. But the house was built on the rock. The house was built on the It didn't fall. It didn't fall. The house represents our lives. In order to withstand the storm, we need to build our house on the firm foundation. Now, let me say this to you right now. Let me just say this to you right now. I've said it for the last 18 to 20 months. The storm is about to get worse. Okay? We're going to look at, and we're going to wish it was 2020 again. It's going to get worse, guys. According to the book of Revelation, chapter 18, there are three basic um, kingdoms that... that, um, that the Antichrist is going to set up. This is his three major kingdoms. One of them is political, one of them is religious, and the other is economic. Okay? That's future. But it's the same three that you and I are dealing with today. Political. Where do you stand? Why vote? We just got this, this. Depending on where you're at, it's exactly, it's a stressful time. The election in 2020 was stressful, and it's continued to be stressful, has it not? My wife wanted to put 13 flags in our yard to represent the 13 young men that lost their lives that didn't need to lose their life. Sorry, I said it. But it's political. It's also religious. Why? This is the first time in world history that the churches were shut down. Shut down. You can't come to church. Look what has happened. It's taken almost a lot for people to say, okay, I feel good. I can go back. And then it's economic, guys. It's economic. How many restaurants have you visited that said, that said, hey, please bear with us. We don't have any workers. Please bear with us. We're short-staffed. Or how many times have we gone to the grocery going, hey, where's the power aid? Where's this or where's that? I mean, there's a lot going on economically. And not to mention inflation. The cost of going out to eat is far more, is it not? I mean, I remember when a Big Mac used to cost a buck fifty. Now I have to take out a small loan. If I want the fries. (laughs) But that's coming. And so make sure, if you hear nothing out, that your foundation, your foundation in Christ is is very well dug. Deep. Deep. Catch something. You go, what's that, Ben? It says that the house didn't fall. You guys with me? Okay, let's say that together. The house didn't fall. But there was a storm, brother. There was a storm. You go, what does that mean? 
In a storm, they may have had the, the storm may have had some external damage that needed repair. The house didn't fall. Okay? And you go, what do you mean? Guys, listen. We're still following Jesus. But we may still need to help out a brother and a sister. Yeah, but they're rooted. Yeah, they're rooted in Christ, but I need to come and I need to help out a brother. Why? Because he's, he's got some shingles missing, you know, some broken windows. My brother needs help. He's in the midst of a storm. I know he loves Jesus, but I still need to help my brother. I still need to help my brother. Why are we so good, church? Listen to me. Why are we so great at, at, at shooting our own wounded? God is calling us to go, hey, listen, you made a mistake. Let me run to you. Let me help you. Let me help you, man. You okay? You all right? Yeah. Boy, that, that storm got you. It did. Whew. I need new paint. I got some broken windows. Door busted in, but, but I'm okay. How's your foundation? Good. We can rebuild. That's part of our, that's part of our, guys, that's, that's part of our, our whole heart at Calvary that we want to love people back to life. Why? Why, Eva? Because if we hit one storm and we hit another storm and we hit another storm, eventually we feel like we're done. But it's when brothers and sisters come and say, hey, let me, let me lift up your hand. Are you okay? Yeah. You know, and they, and they come, don't they? They come. One storm after another. One storm. The devil doesn't go, oh, oh it's been a, it's, you've had enough. He doesn't do that, does he? He says, I, I'm going to kick them when they're down. I'm going to hit another one and another one. It goes on, guys, in verse 26. He says, but everyone, you guys ready? Who hears my sayings of mine and does not do them. Okay, these are disobedient. Will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Okay, now, I want you to note what Jesus just said. He says, if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, he says, you're like this carpenter who built this house on a sandy beach. And the storms rolled in and the waves came up and it collapsed like a deck of cards. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. And so too with our lives, guys. If you and I simply um, just use the Bible, hey, Bible study, we, we learn the language. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But we, we, we haven't been transformed. If we post some awesome scripture on Facebook or tweet a positive message or we hang out with Christians, but we have a sandy foundation, guys, the storms of life are going to wreck our lives. That's what Jesus said. Okay, don't look at me like I'd said it. Jesus said that. But let me say this to you. You ready? Jot this down. The storms will come. They're going to come. Okay? The Bible tells us, you ready? The rain falls on the just and the unjust. So as believers, we don't go, why? Why? We know it's going to come. The best thing we do is, Lord, what can I learn from this? Help me to grow in you. Help me to grow. 
I got to be honest with you. There are a lot of times I'm like, why, Lord, why? You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm crying, and the Lord's like, but, but I want you to grow in this. Because, well, you guys know the story, right? You guys know. If you've ever been to a beach, you know, right? If you've ever been to the beach, if you've ever been, and I mean, this is what happens, guys. What happens is that you go, and here comes a little wave, and it, and it knocks over your little feet, and you're like, gosh, nothing. It's just a, little bit of, just a little bit of wave on you, right? You're like, oh, look at that. You start playing with it. You move a little bit farther out, and what happens? Oh, here comes another wave. You kind of jump, and you're frolicking in this. It's only this high. They're not going to knock you down. Okay? And so you go move a little bit farther, and it's like, oh, this one looks pretty big. You get far enough into the ocean, that wave will knock you down. And in and out, where you feel like you're in a washing machine. Okay? I don't care if you karate kid that, you know, hey, here comes that wave. I'm going to, it will knock you down. Because it's more intense. And that's what life will tend to do. But here's what I've noticed. I've noticed. If you're standing in the water, in the beach, and the wave comes, and say it's up to you, and you will stand, you're like, oh, that was it. You ever notice that the sand underneath your feet is going back out? Why? You're losing your foundation. You're losing your foundation. But if you had... And, it's, and I've never seen anywhere where there's a beach that has cement, but if you were standing on cement, you could, you could withstand the wave and still be okay. This is how the enemy works in your life. Not only does he send waves, or sometimes it's just life, but he tries to get the foundation out from under you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is why Jesus says, when it comes to salvation, make sure that your foundation is built on the rock. Built on the rock. It's so important, guys, this is key, that we build our house on the rock. And let me just say this for you too. In your marriage, in your marriage, you need to build that on the rock. It has to be. Jesus has to be the center. You have to build a foundation on the rock. Jesus comes and he says, and so it was, right? When Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teachings. Why? Because he had taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. What did Jesus do? Jesus reached the heart of the matter. And that's what he does. Anytime he's teaching, he reaches the heart. And so he goes, oh. And, and, and so in a way of, of closing, in a way of recap, let me, let me just say this. Remember, Matthew 7, 21, many of you will say in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do, didn't we attend Calvary Chapel? Didn't we give our money? Didn't we serve? Guys, the most important thing is saying, Lord, I, I knew you and you knew me. I woke up praying. I went to bed praying. I thought about the Lord. I was astonished at his word. I didn't make any decision until we prayed and I heard from God. I asked him to guide me in each step that I made. And I witnessed to people and I shared the Lord. And I shared. And I didn't know everything about the Bible, but I shared what I knew. And he blessed it. I, I That's what... <sighs> 
And then one day, my wife was supposed to be home, but she wasn't there. I went looking for her, but it never occurred to me that the rapture took place because I know that I'm in, I'm in God and God's in me and he would not come without taking me home. It, you see? Because my God can't lie. And he said, your salvation is based upon Jesus. Remember what he said when we started this? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And if you're in Christ, he's well pleased with you. So you don't have to worry. You have to worry. Then you have to worry what your wife is doing in the closet. And, you know, hey, what are you doing in there? Oh, whatever, got work to do. Okay, so <laughs> that's a different story. But the people here, guys, as we close, were what? They were astonished at Jesus' teaching. They were astonished. My prayer is that it moved these people to a commitment to follow God. A commitment. You see, because the world that we know is changing, it's changing fast. And I'm telling you right now, if you're not right with God, you need to be right today. You need to be right. Well, how, Pastor? Well, the Holy Spirit has been, guys, the Holy Spirit has been teaching you throughout this whole time that we've been together. Okay, it started in worship. Okay, you come to church and you're just like, wow, that's different. Okay, and, and, and your heart begins to open just a little bit as you're singing songs to the Lord. And you're like, wow, this is cool. Huh. And then the, and then the passion, and, and what's happening right now, guys, is, is that all of a sudden, all of a sudden, through the, through the teaching of your word, your heart opens a little bit more. And here's what you realize. You realize, I'm, Lord, am I really right with you? Am I, am I? And now you've got an inner civil war going because part of you is going, yeah, you're right, man. Come on, chill. And the other part is like, no, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. So, so Lord, and, and so you're praying. So, Lord, where, where am I? And the thing about it is that God is so beautiful. He will let you know if you're right with him or not. He'll let you know. And there's no shame in going, you know what? It's okay. I want to be right with God. I don't. It doesn't matter who's here. Yeah, but you've been, you've been going to church for 20. It doesn't matter. I want to be right. It's 2021, and I just want to know I'm right. And I just want to, I know what God is speaking to my heart. I know what God is speaking to my heart. When I was 13 years old, my sister passed away from lung cancer. She was 19. At 13 years old, guys, I didn't know what to say to her. I didn't know how to talk to her. But I do today. And you know what I would tell her? I would tell her the same thing that I whispered to my dad when he was dying almost 10 years ago. Don't leave here without knowing Jesus. It's never too late. Don't leave here without, without knowing him and him knowing you. Don't leave here. And I'd say the same thing to you. The same thing to you. Are you in the family of God? In a second, I'm going to give you an opportunity. You say yes to Jesus. Make it once and for all. If you're here today and you go, you know what, Ben, you were talking about being a disciple. I don't know if I'm a disciple. Well, that's between you and God. How about today you go, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in. God, what do you want to do? How do you want to use me? Amen?
Father, we thank you for your word, the truth in your word. We thank you for your great love. Lord, we thank you for the Sermon on the Mount and, and what you've taught us, Lord, that we need to build on a very, very solid foundation. So really, that's the point, God, as we close our service today. Are we building our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ? With every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anybody here that would say, Pastor Ben, would you pray for me? I don't know if I'm right with God. I want to be right with Jesus. I want to give my life to him. I want to be, I want to be in the family. If you've never done that and God is speaking to you today, man, I want to welcome you. I want to, I want to invite you into the family of God. I just want to give you an opportunity to be right with Jesus. You go, what do I have to do, Pastor? And I'm just here in a second, I'm just going to have you lift up your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to be right with God. And I, nobody's going to see you. Nobody's going to see you. It's between you and God. And it's you saying, I want to be right with the Lord Jesus. I want to be in the family, and I surrender my life to him. So if you've never done that and you want to do that today, would you just lift up your hand right now? Would you say, Pastor, would you just pray for me? Just lift up your hand and go, just, just pray for me. I want to be saved. I'll look around real quick. You're just giving your life to Jesus. You're going to be saved. You're being invited into the family of God. God bless you, sister. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? Just real quick, you're just between you and the Lord. You're just lifting your hand and saying, I want, I want God to come into my heart. I want him to forgive me of my sin. I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. Anyone else? Real quick. Ah, Father, we thank you for these hands that were raised, and we pray that you would speak to them. Father, we know their foundation has to be in you. So I'm praying your Holy Spirit would just move on them. They would confess their sin to you. They would say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you. Come into my heart and be my Lord and be my God and be my Savior and be my friend. I choose to follow you this day forever. I'm yours, Jesus' name. I'm going to be your disciple. I'm going to follow you till I take my very, very last breath. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.